0: Hey,
1: Joyce, What do you reckon? How's the vibe? How's it feel?
0: Oh, it's pretty good. Like, yes, everyone's uh, showing some unity here today, so it's really good. Yes, it's been a long, long uh, time coming, but, uh, you know, again, we've got people here that have been fighting for this country forever and a day, and here we are walking walking the road again, and uh, it's a really good thing to be um, a part of, so, you know.
1: Feel like it's moving forwards? Feel like there's progress being made on a day like this?
0: Uh oh, definitely. You know, when you have a lot of people all together, and uh, you know, you can hear them standing up for the country. Yeah. What a great feeling, you know. Yeah. It's all from your heart. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a good thing.
1: What do you hope happens next?
0: Well, have a bit of a break, maybe. Have a bit of a break, yeah. But um, you know, we've got some awesome people around to uh, keep keep fighting the fight and um, sharing that sharing the load, which is awesome. And um, more people that stand up and talk about this place. Uh, give it a voice, a better.
2: You know, when we speak, when I speak, I speak on behalf of all the water people all over this continent, um, because we have had a lot of, um, you know, incoming through messages and emailing from other people in the Kimberleys, New South Wales, Queensland, mob up in the Northern Territory. Um, there's been lots of um, feedback from them in terms of what's happening, because all the Scarborough project is actually Getting drawn from all these other country mobs who are having fracking in the Kimberley's um, family mob from that side. Um, they're very, very worried. The broom mob from James Price Point, we've been told that that's starting up again because of this gas. So, this place is going to be the hub for all these destructive um, d- destruction that's going on within the environment all around. Um, so, it's a big hub. That's why they call it the Scarborough Hub. Look, I won't touch too much on that base because there's been a lot being said about the Scarborough Hub, but no, definitely we don't want it. We never have, and um, for those individuals who have, they didn't get enough, um, you know, informed um, information in terms of what's been going on. Um, once I knew really what was going on out here, it was a no from me, and we've got to draw the line somewhere. Look, in the UN, um, it's very scary. Um, hot, hot place, I tell you. And all I took was warm stuff, so that didn't help me. Um, at all. So anyway, look, at the end of the day, it was a beautiful place, um, never ever in a million years of thought would get to where we are today. Um, and to be in a place like that, look, I can only say that, you know, the words from those First Nations people from their countries, um, it's horrific of what we heard. It's it's things that you only hear and see on the news and on TV, but to feel all this suffering and trauma from a lot of these First Nations people, it's, it's horrific and um, myself, my mum, mum and I, you know, I had to excuse myself out of the room a number of times because of what traumas that a lot of First Nations people all over the world are experiencing because of mining. Um, and I will never forget, um, you know, our time there and the people that we've met, um, but the devastation that's being created all around the world, um, not only our, our country and Australia itself. It is just too much now, and you're right, um, when none talks about global warming, we're seeing it in our, in our countries, over in eastern states in particular, um, it's the fourth time now that they're going through flooding, and um, it's affecting everybody all over the world, and you know, a lot of the stuff that we've seen in the past from our old people, that's why we're here, you know, they never had the chance to speak and to talk to this nunna, and it's just not fair. And the procedural fairness has never been that way for First Nations people. And it's time the governments and industry start listening. Because this is about all of us. Because we all breathe this air and we all wake up in the morning and we put our feet on the ground. And we need to start giving back to Mother Earth because this is the only place we have left. We can't go anywhere else. So please, thank you everybody. And for all the First Nations people that we were... Um, introduced to and that we met over in the UN, we give our big love and support to a lot of all of you, because um, the work you do is really important um, and it's about recognition, recognition of our culture and our history. And for my old people, it's, it's me remembering them and my mum um, who's given me all the support and love from her world to, to us today and for us to stand up for what we know is right. And what we know is right is our future, and in front of us we have our kids, our grandkids. You know they are our future, and then their future's future. So this is something for everybody, for all of us. So thank you very much for being here, and big love to you all. Very very grateful.
3: Jesse, we're all gathered here today as part of the um, Save Our Songlines organisation, which is um, in plan this event in the March for Country on Murujuga, basically to raise more awareness about some of the impacts and of, you know, carbon emissions that development and industry has had in this country of Murujuga. Not so much I guess over the last 40 years or so but some of these new developments that have been, you know, um, heavily promoted and, and, and sort of put out there in the public at, at present saying that it's critical to the development of our nation you know, and our economies, but at the same token, you know, we have some of those environmentalists, organizations, and and even from the government levels, expressing deep concern about the very impacts of these industry emissions and developments. So in some ways, I guess it's, you know, we're out here today expressing and getting the message and awareness that industry cannot coexist with our culture and heritage in Muratjuka and we need to make that clear for some of those that may not see that same view. And how do you you
1: feel as a custodian of Murujuga and a a senior Nalama man seeing the way that industry presses so close up against this ancient rock art? How does that make you feel as someone who's so connected with Murujuga and has obligations and
3: responsibility here
1: in a cultural way? I guess
3: it's sometimes disheartening for me, Jesse, it's um, sometimes frustrating, um, but more so, you know, some of the feelings I carry and hold is, is something that I have to maintain in, in some ways. And it's been that way, I could say safely, you know, for the last probably 30, 40 years now. Um, but coming into a generation of understanding where, you know, some of our elders and key senior elders Today may not have that fully understanding or awareness of legislation and changes in rules that make things like this, you know, approvals for industry to impact heritage, okay. Um, you know, where I speak of that in a sense of song lines or culturally, when we talk of legislation and laws that says one particular piece of rock art or one particular piece of flake stone tool does not meet the requirement of a legislative law. My songs, my old people's ceremonies and, and, and songlines still today can sing for that one particular piece of artifact. And, and that's the thing that frustrates, frustrates me the most, I guess Jesse is, you know, having full knowledge and understanding of that in a context of today's society. Our old people may not fully understand some of that. I guess more to put it to the, the point, we need better and free prior understanding of the impacts industry is making out on country. And some of our key knowledgeable senior elders who may not have that understanding in literature of today, they need time to comprehend that. If it takes some of these elders or senior people six months, a year, to fully concept and understand that, then so be it. But the industries and some of the laws and legislation tell us you've got 30 seconds and your time is running out. Conversely, how does it make you feel to see so many
1: people gathered here today coming together on country and walking on country, marching on country to to add their voice of support for custodians.
3: I think it's very overwhelming at the moment, Jesse, walking with a group of people, you know, some may be strangers to this country and may not fully understand the significance of it, but seeing them here getting up, standing up and showing up today speaks volumes in some ways than what most politicians or, you know, ministers of cabinet may having their understanding so i say in some ways some of the action we take today hopefully can speak louder than some of those words they may talk and what is it that you want those words to
1: say what do you want to say to government and to industry what what are you hoping to see in the future moving forwards walking together in a better
3: more positive way here on murujuga i guess Clearly, yes, some of the messages we have consistently been putting out there, J- Jesse, is about the free, prior and informed consent of some of those industry impacts that is coming to or is going to be happening in that one sense. Uh, secondly, it's about the independent and autonomous f- funding that's s- set in place via some of these agreements not having to be stuck to agreements or I guess conditions that says to us you must give this away and you must not object to that in cultural obligations I cannot do that is this is this fairly historic
1: today is this the first time that this has happened for a while seeing seeing people coming together and marching together on country
3: on Murujuga like this I think it's been a while coming and uh, I think it it needs to happen a lot more to create more awareness not only within our traditional owner communities and our you know Aboriginal um, communities I think the wider non-indigenous community share some of the same values we do as custodians of country but also those who manage land if you will the difference is we share different views of how that land can be managed. For example, in the industry's context, their examples of managing land may include what they consider environmental offsets. We call it traditional farming, or we call it some of our traditional ecologies or bush medicines, and the way that we maintain that with the plants, animals, and the cultural sites that exist in places like Murujuga.
1: Okay.
3: And what do you
1: think will happen next with the Save Our Songlines campaign and with the, the fight, the, the campaign for, for Murujuga to protect this country? What, what happens next after this march today? I guess
3: what we hope to in the next steps is, I guess, creating that awareness from here, But taking more of that uh, fight and understanding, you know, at the political levels, at um, government levels that can help, I guess, you know, change that point of view or stance on some of this. Ultimately, you know, as traditional owners and custodians, we don't want to see our country being destroyed or we want to be able to, at some point, say no. The question is, when are we able to say no? as custodians. The laws and legislations of today do not allow us to say no. So I guess for me that's the next steps in where I want to see this legacy standing. If we're here to save our songlines then we must say no to industry where it is possible and when possible, not because it is something that is tokenistic or obliged to in any agreements. And just lastly, does this issue
1: only affect the people who have cultural connection and obligation and are custodians and traditional owners of Murujuga, or is it an issue for the wider community and the, the broader national and international community as well? Do you think it's just about what's happening here, or is there, is there a bigger picture that's involved as well?
3: I think there's a much bigger picture involved, Jesse, in some of the cultural significance of Murujuga country. As we come to understand as knowledge holders and information keepers, some of our very rock art and petroglyphs that exist here have direct connection through song lines, ceremonies and stories across to those of our First Nation people on the eastern seaboard in places country like the Blue Mountains, Sydney, Eora Nation people, and some of their stories and connections that come directly from this part of the Morijuga lands. So where we say it's significant, I guess that gives you a context of, if it does, how far some of this significant stretches. Is there
1: anything else else you'd like to say today, Patrick?
3: Um, No, I guess great to see all the mob out to support, you know, and families and friends here today and I guess more for those that have traveled far and wide to be here today, you know. It's uh, great to see so much people supporting uh, a worthy cause and one that is much needed in our community today.